Welcome to Living Life. Today we're going to be considering the topic of wholehearted worship. And that's what God wants. He wants us to have no compromise in, in our faith and to know that worship is anchored to our character. And we're going to see that so clearly in our text. I mean, in, here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, We've seen how word came, came to King Jehoshaphat that the people were going to come into a battle. There were armies collecting themselves to come and battle the people of God. And so Jehoshaphat calls for fast and for prayer. And then we have this gentleman bring a word from the Lord telling them that the battle really belongs to the Lord. And, the, and that God indeed brought an ambush to those enemy armies, and they actually fought against each other. They turned on each other. And so the people of God didn't even have to fight. And so they then bring their praise and their worship, their barakahs, their blessings to the Lord. But we're going to see in our text that there is no room for compromise because that affects our worship. So with that in mind, let's have ears to hear the scripture read to us at this point. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 31 through 37. So Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azibah, daughter of Shilhai. He followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people still had not set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. The other events of Jehoshaphat's reign from beginning to end are written in the annals of Jehu, son of Hanani, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Later, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, made an alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel, whose ways were wicked. He agreed with him to construct a fleet of trading ships. After these were built at Ezion-Geber, Eliezer, son of Dodavahu of Maresha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. What keeps you, if anything, from wholehearted worship? We know that in our text today that there was something that was holding the people back for we're going to see that they compromised when they did not get rid of the high places, those places where there had been idol worship, pagan worship. And then also we're going to see that King Jehoshaphat of the southern kingdom made an alliance with 
the king in the north in Israel, but that was a wicked king. In fact, as you read through this portion of, of God's history with his people, you hear about like so-and-so was a good king, and then this one was a wicked king, and there was just a lot of that going on. Well, Jehoshaphat, here in 2 Chronicles 20, is a good king, but there was some compromise going on, and that affects our worship, because in worship, really what we want to do is gladly reflect back to God the radiance of His worth in our lives, and we want to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. So in our text, we can read about that, like in verse 33, where it says, The high places, however, were not removed, from the for the people still had not set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. And so it's just very sad when we see people trying to worship the Lord and yet not want to live as God intends. We can see this actually clearly laid out in the book of Amos. Amos is considered a minor prophet, but minor not in the sense of his value, but just in that it's a short book. But boy, is it powerful, because in that book, in, God brings a message through Amos, and God says to his people, I hate, I reject your festivals. He's talking about their worship. He says, take away from me the noise of your songs. And it wasn't a question of like whether it was traditional or contemporary music. It wasn't that at all. It was what the people were doing outside the walls of the places where they were worshiping. Because God wants us throughout the week to live out a life of justice and righteousness. And that's why then God, through Amos, tells the people, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And so the people in those days, they were doing dishonest business practices. They had they were doing even far worse things than even that. And yet they thought that they could then on the Sabbath gather together and worship God. But God was saying it's just like noise to him because their lives were not reflecting what they were expressing to God. And in our text, we can see in the very last verse in verse 37, that there was a prophecy brought against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. And so as we hear that, it's like God was bringing a warning to Jehoshaphat, but indeed, he went ahead and made an alliance with this king in the north, 
and they were to build some ships, but they were destroyed. God had other things he wanted to do through Jehoshaphat. And I'm just wondering if there's anything that maybe in your life that's hindering you from having wholehearted worship. I know for myself that there was a time when I had a difficulty with forgiving someone who had hurt a loved one. And that was hindering my worship of God. And God made that very clear to me in a dream. And when I woke up from the dream, it's like God just spoke directly to me and he said, if you do not forgive your brother, then neither will I forgive you. Now that's just what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, right after the Lord's Prayer. That prayer where we say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Well, this unforgiving spirit that I had, it was hindering my walk with the Lord and certainly my worship of the Lord. Well, I don't know what it is for you right now, but if there's something hindering your life with the Lord, I want to encourage you to really pay attention to your walk. And if there is something, to confess it, to get right with God, so that when you come together on Sunday with God's people, you can worship the Lord and just gladly express to Him His great worth and value in your life. And do that to God's glory and your joy. So as we close today and we've been considering wholehearted worship and the fact that worship is anchored to character, I want to encourage you to prioritize Sundays, the day of worship, the Lord's Day, and that you can prepare for that day. And one of the ways that I prepare for Sunday is that I try not to be out late on Saturday nights and also just to have everything ready for Sunday morning. Because when I gather with God's people, I want to be fully present and worshiping the Lord. Let me pray for you at this time. Father, we are just so thankful that you are a God who we can worship, that you are worthy, that you are sovereign, that you are good and gracious. And so, Lord, I ask that you would help us as your people to gladly reflect back to you, the radiance of your worth in our lives. Thank you, and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. For a single soul, lifting up our God and stepping in closer, see Jesus.